This is Brain Diet, episode number 132. I love so much focusing on the food we feed our body, but I love even more focusing on the stuff we feed our brain. My name is Taylor Ann Macy, and I am a certified life coach. Welcome to Brain Diet, where we feed your brain the best information. What's up, everyone? Welcome to this episode of Brain Diet. I am so grateful you are here. I am glad to be here. Our topic today is the scale and how to conquer the scale. Now, if the scale is something that is consistently at the forefront of your mind, I have this episode that we will go into great detail about it that will aid you in your efforts to conquer the scale. But in addition to that, there is a sister episode and that episode and this episode are my two scale episodes that I will send people to if issues continue to come up. This episode is number 78. It's called When the Scale Goes Up or Doesn't Change. So listen to this, go back and listen to that one as well. And both of those together work very beautifully in aiding in your efforts around the scale. And we'll get into more of what I mean by that. One of the reasons why I drafted this episode for this week is I got a message on Instagram from a beautiful person who said, I have just kept gaining weight since March. I've just kept gaining weight since March and I don't know why. And I was curious about this statement and it made me reflect on why it can be tricky to make blanket statements like this. When you say something like, I've just kept gaining weight since March, we need more information than just that. Now, granted, I didn't have that from her. And so I asked more and got more information. But what we tend to do with ourselves is we make blanket blanket statements like this and they can make us feel really terrible. Now, what can be lacking is we might think this is just true. I have just kept gaining weight, but our data is not consistent or reliable, meaning it's like sometimes on a Tuesday at 6 p.m. we weigh ourselves and sometimes after we've had a massive meal that maybe isn't super typical to our diet, we weigh ourselves, but then sometimes we weigh ourselves in the morning and then sometimes we don't weigh ourselves for a couple of weeks, right? There's no consistency and therefore no reliability in the data. And so if we don't have consistent and accurate data, then we can't yet make a statement like, I have just kept gaining weight because our bodies and the weight and the number on the scale is going to fluctuate. So that's the first reason is that Without consistent and reliable data, we really can't make a statement like that. And then when we do, we can feel terrible about it. And we're like, man, what's wrong with me? I just keep gaining weight. We need more data than that. We have to put together all of the other pieces to the puzzle before we can just say, okay, we are gaining weight. Now what? But we can't just have a few data points and then just assume, oh, we're gaining weight. The second reason that statements like this can be tricky is it can lead us to feel confused. Like I just have kept gaining weight for the last couple of months and I just don't know why. I've just been putting on weight and I don't know why. And the reason that confusion can be dangerous in these situations is it prevents us from seeing. 
the reason that you have gained weight, if we were to do a heavy assessment of all of the different variables and all of the different components that contribute to weight, we could probably get a pretty clear picture of why you weigh what you weigh or why your body is doing what it's doing. Now, there are always things that are best referred out to professionals, but I find that most of the time with my clients, when I'm talking to them and we are in a situation like this, once we start to really open our eyes to the data, we can almost always find the reason why your body is doing what it's doing. Now, I'm not talking about really atypical symptoms. I'm just talking about weight changes. But when we say, oh, it just has happened and I don't know why, we block ourselves from finding out why. And I think the reason might be for many of us is if we were to look at, oh, the reason that I am gaining weight, if we have decided that we are, is because I keep overeating every evening. Now, if that's the data, oh, I eat more calories and thus my body puts on weight, what we tend to do is then shame ourselves for that. And because we don't want to feel shame, we don't want to feel guilt, we don't want to beat ourselves up, we feel more comfortable in confusion. We're like, you know what? It's more comfortable just to be confused and not know why. Because if I look at the real reason why, I'm going to blame myself and think that it's my fault. But I want to offer you the opposite, that if we look at your health and your behaviors eyes wide open, it's a beautiful thing because it just gives us the information to work with. And the shame and the guilt is optional based on what you think about the data. Like, oh, I've just been eating more calories in the evening and that's created some consistent weight gain for me. That's just part of the equation. That's a beautiful piece of information that we can take and then work with, that we can work to, to, to manage and manipulate in a way that can put you in the direction of your goals. When it comes to the scale, it makes sense for the scale to fluctuate even on a daily basis. Our bodies are, the never the, are never the same as they were yesterday. Our bodies are dynamic beings and they respond to our environment because we aren't ever doing exactly the same thing every single day. It responds to what we eat. It responds to how we're sleeping. It responds to our stress level, our water intake, our carbohydrate intake. There are many different variables that can contribute to a scale's fluctuation to your weight's fluctuation. Now I want to speak as well to like water retention, carbohydrate intake, because that is something that is worth being aware of. And I'm not necessarily talking about bloating. There are reasons for bloating that I think can be helped. But one thing that is important to be aware of is when we consume carbohydrates, they go into our body and then they are stored as glycogen, meaning they're just stored in a little type of molecule that we can access for energy later. So it's like, hey, we have some energy here. We don't need it right in this moment. Let's just store it for when we do need it. So I'm going to have like something now that I might need later. This is how our body responds to carbs. And what happens is for every one gram of carbohydrate that we store as glycogen, we retain approximately one to three grams of water. So for every one gram of carb, it's you're storing one to three grams of water. I've heard it a number of different amounts, but the point is, is that with carbs, you will store some water. Now, this doesn't mean like painful bloating. If there's painful bloating, then there are other things happening, but water retention, having more water in our bodies can create 
an increase in the scale. Does that mean that something has gone wrong? No, absolutely not. It just means we have some energy ready to be stored that is also accompanied by some water. That is why when people initially start a low-carb diet, they often see quick scale changes because when they're eating fewer carbs, their body isn't it doesn't have carbs coming in and it isn't storing carbs as glycogen for energy later. And so thus it isn't storing water in addition to that. And so people think, and people have thought over the years, you know, low carb is the answer because of how quickly you can see changes when in reality, it's simply a decrease in the water that you were retaining due to your previous carbohydrate intake. And so that's something just to consider that, yes, sometimes if you eat more carbs, you will retain more water. Does that mean that you have gained weight or gained fat for that matter? No, it just means you have a little bit more liquid in your body and nothing has gone wrong if that's the case, as long as you are feeling comfortable, right? I use this analogy in the sister episode that I referenced, episode 78, but our bodies are like a bank account. Now with our bank account, we want it to change. We need it to change. We need it to go up sometimes and we need it to go down sometimes. In order to live a life, in order to be in society, we need a bank account that is fluctuating, that is changing. And this is the same way we can think about our bodies. And I really want to emphasize this analogy because when we can expect and even want our bodies to change and fluctuate a little bit, that can aid in our relationship with the scale. So that when it does change, we can understand that our body probably has a good reason for doing so. And instead of jumping to the immediate conclusion that, oh, we've gained fat, just like when we make a big purchase, oh, we've gone bankrupt. It's like, well, no, it's just the nature of being alive, the nature of transactions, of doing things, of having different things affect our bodies. Day-to-day weight gain changes and fluctuations in the scale. That does not equate to fat gain. Fat gain happens over time when we consistently overeat, when we consistently eat more calories than our body needs to function to stay the same. The scale can be a data source. The scale can be one piece to the puzzle. And I do think it's useful. So in the case of this person on Instagram that messaged me, I do think that having consistent data, reliable data, that can be useful. It can be one piece to the puzzle that can help us get a clear picture or at least as clear as possible a picture of what's happening with our bodies. But it is just a piece of data. So instead, what happens, instead of using it as a data point, we use the scale to determine whether or not we've been successful, whether or not we're doing a good job, whether or not we'll be able to lose the weight, whether or not to worry. We use it to determine our moods. We give this piece of data so much power. And maybe you've had one of these thoughts. Maybe you step on the scale and you think something like, it should go down every time I step on. Have you thought that before? That the scale should go down every time you step on? Ludicrous. Like, I mean, when we talk about our bodies being so dynamic, I mean, we can pretty easily see, no, it shouldn't go down every time I step on. And yet we are really attached to this belief that it should. Every time I step on, that scale should go down. Or maybe we have a thought like, if I'm not losing at least two pounds a week, I'm a failure, right? Because a lot of nutritional programming is based around the idea of losing two pounds of fat a week, which I can be a huge fan of. I think that two pounds a week and programming nutritionally to achieve two pounds of fat loss a week is a strategic way to approach fat loss. But does that mean it's going to go that way linearly, consistently over the course of many weeks? Absolutely not. (laughs) And yet we expect it to go that way. 
Or maybe a thought like, if I get above X pounds, I'm a failure. Or if I get below X pounds, I'm a success. I see this often with women after they have babies. It's like pre-baby weight. I finally got back to the weight I was before I had a baby. And it's like, wow. So before you got there, did you think you were a failure for having a body that was dynamic and responding to your environment after just having a baby? Like it's fascinating to think that we give these numbers so much power and so much meaning about ourselves, about our capabilities, about our goals. Clients come to me with their weights and in their mind, they are disappointed by their scale numbers. But really, they're disappointed because they're thinking, I should have lost more or it's not changing fast enough. But like I said, bodies don't work in a linear fashion. There are far too many variables and nuances to our bodies for them to be that predictable for a long period of time. And so when we expect them to be, we immediately set ourselves up for failure and we fail to recognize how dynamic our bodies are and how they are supposed to be changing and maybe not quite in the specific exact way that we anticipate. And when we anticipate them to change a certain way and they don't, then we determine our self-esteem by every digit that you read. Now, the scale can't tell you whether you're good or bad or capable or a failure. You tell you that with the thoughts in your mind when you see the number. You give the meaning to the number that you see on the scale based on how you are thinking. The scale tells you nothing more than your gravitational pull, and it can give you some data about potentially, you know, what you ate yesterday, your stress levels, sleep levels, if you've gone to the bathroom, right? There are so many different things that like, oh, this number makes sense because of these different factors. It may be able to give us some of that information, and yet we disregard all of that and immediately jump to the conclusion that something is wrong with us, that something has gone wrong. And then for the rest of the day, our mood is trashed. And so thus, we trash our goals. We're like, well, if the scale isn't changing, then I'm not going to keep up with what I've been doing. And it's just not a fair assessment. We aren't seeing everything all at once. We're getting so micro-focused on a digit that's meaningless. And then we give it so much meaning. And then what we see on the scale and all of that meaning that we give to that number extends to what we think about our bodies. So one of the reasons why I think discussing the scale is because cleaning up the mind drama about the scale is imperative to cleaning up negative self-talk and improving your body image. Because if you look at the scale, you look at your gravitational pull, you look at how it might have increased or decreased or stayed the same, and you might give it some meaning about you and your worth and your capability. And so then when you look in the mirror, the extension of that is right ready in your mind to be thrown at you of why you're not worthy, why you're not beautiful, why you're not capable, why you're a failure. And I think it is some of the best work that we can do as humans to learn to pay attention to that self-talk that happens on the scale, that happens in front of the mirror and learn to clean it up because it's not worth it to spend so much of our time hating on ourselves. It accomplishes nothing. It doesn't help us be better. In fact, it's indulgent because it's just easy to do. It's really easy to criticize. It's easy to be mean to ourselves. What's difficult and requires a little bit of work is to not allow that behavior in our mind. What requires a little bit of work is to consciously choose to not entertain those thoughts and to instead entertain other ones. 
you can conquer the scale and you don't have to throw it away. Because even still, people will say, I'm ditching the scale. And sometimes that can be a healthy move. However, we are still giving it so much power when we just throw it out. Because then we avoid it at the gym and we avoid it at the doctor and we avoid it at all costs because we are still giving it power. And so even if we're like, I'm ditching the scale, I'm conquering it, there is still the association that we have of it with this negative self-talk and this, what we make it mean about ourselves and our capabilities. And so frankly, if you are working on your health in any way, if you are paying attention to it, I recommend that in the conquering of the scale, we be in the presence of it and not be in pain over it. Because then you can go out in the world and be on any scale and be okay and not have all of this painful dialogue that just can ruin your entire day. I just think this is important to do because the scale isn't really the problem. The, the swimsuit that you wear isn't the problem. It's how you think about yourself in those situations with the swimsuit on and on the scale. So doing the work to pay attention to what's happening in your mind, to put yourself consciously in a place where that mental drama comes up, then presents to us the curriculum that we have to work with, that we have to work through. So what I'm sharing with you today is how to weigh yourself like a boss, how to conquer the scale while using it. As I mentioned, the scale is a data point and it is a useful data point to have. If you are paying attention to your weight, if you are trying to lose weight, then I recommend using it. So I'm not going to say ditch it. I'm going to say my recommendation is to use the scale three times a week because one time a week is a data point, two gives us a line, three gives us a trend. Now, again, even still, we have a trend and that isn't the entire picture, but it gives us just a little more data to work with. The very important parts of these three times a week weigh-ins are they need to be at the same time of day. So first thing in the morning is what I usually recommend because you haven't had any food that's going to influence your system immediately before. So same time of day, naked, having gone to the bathroom and use the same scale. So I'm going to repeat myself, same time of day. So let's say 7 a.m., butt naked, having gone to the bathroom, and you're using the same scale every time. We have to eliminate the other variables so that we can understand and trust the data. So those are just a few of the pieces to eliminate some of the variabilities that we can, the variables so that we can see a little bit more clearly what's going on instead of jumping to the conclusion that we just keep gaining weight. Well, yeah, if you weigh yourself in the morning and then at the end of the day, after you've eaten like 3,500 calories, the scale is probably going to say something drastically different. So from a logistical perspective, that's where I have you start is to conquer the scale, to weigh yourself like a boss. We have to eliminate the variables and give ourselves enough data to work with to continually put ourselves into the situation to allow our mind to bring up all the drama that we have to clean up, which brings me to the most important part of how to weigh yourself like a boss, how to conquer the scale is yes, there's the logistical pieces, but we have to listen to our thinking in three different places in order to conquer the scale, in order to not let the scale have power over us. The first place we need to listen to our thinking is before you step on the scale. So before you step on, 
you might have a lot of thoughts about it. You might have a lot of thoughts about the scale. You might feel a little bit nervous because you're thinking, what if it says that I've gained weight? And again, we're not nervous because we might have gained weight. We're nervous because of what we will make it mean. So if we are listening to our minds before we step on the scale, it's a great way to get to know yourself because you can see where am I attaching my worth when it comes to the scale? What am I giving the scale credit for? What negative thoughts are still living very comfortably inside of my brain relative to this $15 contraption from Walmart? You are able to get to know yourself and thus make changes in your mind to make changes in your emotional experience and thus completely change your relationship with your scale and with your health. But it happens one thought at a time, one way in at a time. So the first place is before to say, okay, what am I thinking right now about the scale? What am I anticipating? What thoughts am I having? And how am I feeling when I'm thinking these thoughts? The second place we need to listen to our thinking when it comes to the scale is during. So this can be a very interesting experience because we see that number and we are giving our brain the opportunity to offer up all sorts of very well-established thoughts, of very well-practiced thoughts. So our job becomes, as we are standing on the scale, during the weigh-in, to expect everything. Expect all the drama, expect all the negativity, expect all the overwhelm, the fear, the anxiety, whatever it might be for you, expect it. Be like, I know this is going to come up for me and I'm ready for it. Expect it and be in charge of it. And that doesn't mean shove it away. It doesn't mean change it. It just means you are holding a safe space for all of that. So you're going to have all of this drama come up and you are going to supervise this drama. This mental tantrum that your brain's going to throw about the scale, you are going to be there and supervise it. You are not going to react to it. You're not going to go and Google a new diet. You're not going to go and start a new program. You're just going to observe and supervise this tantrum. I expected this tantrum to happen. I knew it was going to come. I'm just going to watch it. I'm just going to observe all that my brain is offering me right now. And this, when it is all fresh, is a great opportunity to start to just write down a few of the things that come up in your mind when you're standing on the scale. Because creating just one degree of separation between your mind and paper can sometimes give us enough space from it to see, wow, that's actually not as true as it really feels in my mind. When we aren't questioning our brain, everything just feels extremely true, extremely compelling, and extremely real. And I'm not saying that it isn't those things, but sometimes when we write down a thought, it can help kind of lessen the intensity of it to where you can look at it and be like, oh, you know what? Maybe that isn't quite as true. Like we have these doomsday thoughts of I'm an absolute failure. And we can write that down on paper and be like, you know, that's actually not entirely true. Maybe I failed in some ways and I can own that, but am I a total failure? No. So I recommend paying attention to those and documenting them. Like really consciously acknowledge those thoughts and hold space for them. Again, not with the intent of changing them, but just with the intent of being aware of them. The third place where we want to listen to our thinking in order to conquer the scale is after. Because what happens is you weigh yourself in the morning based on what I've recommended every three times a week with the same and consistent parameters. But then what happens is you do that and through the rest of the day, you'll think about it. And before you plan every meal, before you eat every meal, you'll think about it. Because what happens is sometimes we'll think about it and we'll be like, well, I'm just going to screw it because I didn't lose weight. And so it's important that we be on to thoughts like that. If we pay attention to how we're thinking, then we can prevent ourselves from instigating all sorts of self-sabotage. 
And so we have to monitor how we are thinking all day long about the scale. And we have to learn to listen to what we find and pivot. Now, pivot doesn't necessarily mean change what we're thinking, but it just means to say, you know what, are we going to, are we going to stay here? No. Do you know what we're going to do? We're going to come back to a place of, I'm just committed to focusing on today. Don't mistake what I'm saying here as me saying that every time you get on the scale, you should be elated or ecstatic. And if that is how you feel about the scale, then that's great. But perhaps there are times when the scale goes up and you've been really trying to get it to go down and you've been implementing the efforts and being consistent and it still isn't going down. That happens. That inevitably happens. That is going to happen. If you are going to try and lose weight, I can promise you, you will have moments where you have been consistent and put in the work and it still won't go down. So instead of letting it ruin your day, ask yourself useful questions. Instead of making it mean that you're an absolute failure, take that and be like, you know what? I'm a little bit disappointed in myself, but I'm going to use some really useful questions here to help keep me on track and to help keep me feeling emotionally in the place I want to stay. So questions like, what quality of life do I want to give myself? Yeah, sure, the scale didn't go down, but what quality of life do I want to give myself today and in 10 years and in 50 years? What can I give myself today because I love me? What bites can I take, not with the intent of getting fat off my body, but because simply I love myself? When you can ask yourself questions like that, your brain is going to go to work finding helpful answers that will help you feel better than you would by default by just indulging in all the drama that your brain would by default want to do. I am a huge fan of people wanting to lose weight if that's what they want to, if that's what they want to do. However, if it's coming from a place of just hatred and then self-sabotage and just these cycles of total negativity, then there's so much cleaning up that can be done. And this is one of the places where it's important to do that is we have to assess data as you make physical change and learning to eliminate the mind drama can make the whole experience of weight loss so much more enjoyable because instead of feeling like trash because of what you're making the scale mean, you can instead look at it, maybe feel a little bit of disappointment or feel a little bit let down, but you can support yourself. You can have your own back and be like, I'm looking out for you. And yeah, this isn't the result that we wanted to see today, but I'm still going to show up for you because I care about you. Like imagine a weight loss journey where you had someone beside yourself at all times saying, I love you. You're doing a great job. Keep going. Don't give up. And was just a constant, really genuine cheerleader. That's what we have to be for ourselves. And not from a place of toxicity and just like, "Eh, you're doing fine, whatever, pick yourself up. It's like to really say, what can I do today? How can I love myself today? Especially since I'm feeling some disappointment. So the scale, my friends, is a great thing if we let it be. It can be a useful data point to have, but it means nothing more than a few very boring pieces of information about our body. So to weigh yourself like a boss, to conquer the scale, implement what I've shared with you today. Eliminate the variables and then listen to your thinking in those three places before, during, and after. Pay attention and don't let your brain just go by default into the easy space of negativity. It will want to do that, but you can do the work to pay attention and pivot and to not allow it to 
overtake your life, to not react to it and freak out over it. That is all I have for you, everybody. Thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you next week. Are you ready to lose weight, but you don't know where to start? I have something for free that can help. Here at Brain Diet, I offer a free set your custom macros call. On this call, I'll want to know what your goals are and set you on the nutritional path to achieving them. This is a private call with me where I get all the information about you and your body so I can deliver a custom calorie and macronutrient count that when implemented will lead to weight loss in a kind and nourishing way. And if you're ready to hire a coach to walk you through every step of your weight loss journey, I'll tell you everything you need to know about that too. So if it's your time to start losing weight in a sustainable, healthy, and nourishing way, sign up for this free set your custom macro call at the link in the show notes. I'll see you soon. Thank you.